You are experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. It is January 10th, 2024, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we are bringing you the people and the organization fighting for liberty around the country and in your neighborhood. And I promise soon we'll bring some more people on. <laughs> it's been a while. Things have been busy. Here, but we'll, 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 we'll get those guests on again soon. Um, but uh, the topics we're going to bring you today are some pretty good ones. We had one on immigration that we missed last week, and man, is that exploding everywhere. So we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff that's going on. Uh, then we are also going to talk about uh, uh, a new study that just came out on UBI. So, you know, sort of like, will the socialist dream of UBI uh, become a thing? And then finally, for our knucklehead noise patrol, where it's, it's uh, football season, so it's a good time to talk about the uh, feud going on between Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that at the very end. Uh, but uh, before we kick off the show, let me introduce you to our panel. It looks like I've had my two panelists sort of switcheroo on me in the bottom there. So uh, we'll start uh, this time with our Screaming Eagle and our, uh, oh, they just switcherooed me again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I tell you, Tim, you just can't win. <laughs> uh, in our lower left corner, we have uh, uh, Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. And in our lower right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom who just got stuffed to the back of the line again. <laughs> yeah, like I did on my way, uh, my way into uh, San Diego tonight. I was in the back of the line. Uh, by air traffic control, they they didn't uh, they made me go everywhere but where I wanted to go. So here I am, but finally made it in. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to give you some good directions here on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're, we're off to a bad start already. <laughs> so. well, they gave they gave me good directions. Do this. Do that. <laughs> But they didn't get you anywhere fast. No. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do better than that here. Uh, so uh, to start off, though, you know, if, we've been. Jason, Jason if yeah. I may interject, you said UBI and you never said what it meant. is. Oh, universal income. basic income. OK, yes. so I know some of you guys out there are familiar, but maybe not everybody. So universal basic income. You still may be scratching your head about that, but you're going to have to wait till we get to the topic to find out what that's about. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we've been running a quote at the beginning of the show, and so today, especially since we're going to be talking a lot about immigration, um, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about a woman named Emma Lazarus. So she is an American poet, and you may not know it, but she's the one who wrote the poem that is at the base of the Statue of Liberty. And did so I hear you, you, you right. You said she's a poet, and you may not know it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if anything, I'm just an accidental poet, if, I, if that made any sense there. But but anyways, uh, the the quote uh, that you may be familiar with, the give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, it's actually part of a slightly bigger poem. So I'm going to read the whole thing. It's just a little bit longer. Uh, but just to give you the whole sense of it, because I don't think most people have even heard the whole thing. I think most people just get this little snippet that's at the base of the Statue of Liberty. But let me read it for you. It says uh, the New Colossus is the name of this, and this was written in 1883, and the idea was it was uh, written by her to raise money to help, uh, you know, this whole project of the Statue of Liberty. Um, so it says, not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name mother of exiles from her beaconed hand <clears throat> glows worldwide welcome her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame keep ancient lands uh, your stories your storied pomp she, cried she with silenced lips Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. 
<clears throat> send these, the homeless, tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So that's the uh, entire poem. But um, since we're going to be talking about liberty, it seemed like, or uh, rather immigration, it seemed like that was kind of a cool liberty oriented quote. Uh, but it, it, it is interesting because it comes from a time much different. And by the way, here is the, the plaque. So this is the plaque you would see at the base of the Statue of Liberty. And, uh, you know, with that quote and it's also um got the uh uh it's it's in the museum i think too for the statue of liberty stuff but it is interesting that this was written in 1883 and so perhaps they had a different attitude about immigration back then because they weren't incentivizing people to come very much they literally just opened the door and people showed up and they said hey we want to work we want to do things you know we got a lot of ideas here and and nowadays, it's like, hey, show up. We're going to put you up in a hotel. We're going <laughs> we're gonna, to we're gonna give you, you know, three squares a day. We're going to do all kinds of stuff for you. What can we do for you? It, it's kind of a different world today. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, what do you guys think of this whole, uh, uh, you know, quote? We've heard it a million times. Do you, do you guys have any thoughts about, you know, this particular quote? Uh, fire, fire away, Leon. <laughs> well... You know the important line in that quote, in that in that little poem, is yearning to breathe free. Too many of the people that are crossing the border, and they are doing so illegally, quite frankly, too many of these people are not yearning to breathe free. They are yearning to take our taxpayer dollars so they could live free. Okay? And we're going to pay for it. <laughs> They're, they're yearning to live for free instead of breathe free. Live yes, for free. Exactly. Yes. In other words, you at least, at least for, as far as they're concerned. And the, and the Democratic Party and the left of, of, of our nation is facilitating this. Biden have opened up the borders. You've allowed everybody to come in without explanation, without any sort of documentation. I'm now told that I'm sorry. I'm not told that some of these people are giving court dates that extend to 2031. So what are we going to be doing with these people in the meantime? Huh? What? Yeah. So nobody and just yeah, yeah right. just, to, just to fill in from what Leon was saying when he said court dates. So what's happening is the people that come in, they claim they're seeking asylum. Uh, they're, they're afraid to go back home. So Biden then simply uh, gives them a court date and releases them into the country, telling them to maybe come back in five years or something for their court date. <laughs> so that's, 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 uh, that's, that's what he's referring to, just in case uh, you needed any clarification. So, so yearning to breed free is have gone down the drain and it's not been replaced, as Tim so rightly put it, of yearning to live for free at our expense. Okay? Yeah. Well, and, and this is kind of a sore subject for libertarians, and, and we'll get into some of the recent stories, too, to illustrate what we're talking about. But, you know, the, the libertarian kind of struggle on this issue has been that, you know, you don't want government to sit there and and essentially restrict people's freedom of motion uh, is the general idea. And, you know, if you think about it, I mean, you know, if some guy is on the other side of the border and he wants to work from you for you and you want him to work for you, or maybe the person wants to have a relationship with you and you want that person to have a relationship, what it's sort of like, what business is it of the government to get involved in that? But the problem is, is as Milton Friedman said, you know, when you have a welfare state that is going to be a distortion on that whole process and give all kinds of malincentives to come over that don't have anything to do with this voluntary interaction, then suddenly it's, it's, you, you can't really do that. And there's a lot of libertarians out there who've been trying to make the argument that, well, it doesn't matter because there's still a bigger gain to the country than they are a draw even if and i think the evidence is kind of becoming clear this year <laughs> oh there i did it again i rhymed <laughs> but uh, but it's yeah but but it, it's becoming clear i mean we're seeing the, these these places these sanctuary cities literally saying they can't take it anymore exactly. <laughs> too much of a good thing exactly. so oh. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it was a totally. What, what year was that written? The the poem, eighteen eighty three. 
Yeah. Oh, 83, I'm sorry. 83. Quite, quite a different culture back then and, uh, you know, quite, quite a di different level of debt to GDP in the United States at that time. I think mm -hmm. it's safe to assume. I haven't, you know, I can't pull the numbers up, but I'll bet you it's a darn lot lower than it is today. And, yeah, no, I, uh, I I don't have it, but we've shown that debt to GDP graph at, at the moment. And maybe I could get it later in the show if I have a, a moment to do it. But you'll see it's a sliver. It's like like right yeah. around one percent during that yeah. period of time. It's it's almost nothing. Yeah. Whereas today, for, for, it's over a hundred percent for a long, long time. For yeah. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's sort of crazy land, but that takes us to the the topic that we wanted to talk about today, and and you know we see this chaos happening all over the country, and it sort of rang the alarm bells a little here because now we're seeing Gavin Newsom recently, the uh, California and I believe it was the legislature pushed this uh, deal where they are going to give all uh, uh, migrants um, they are going to essentially cover their health care through Medi-Cal. So it's it's that free health care. We saw this uh, back when the Democrats were uh, running all their candidates against uh, <clears throat> um, Trump back in 2020. And it was I, I think it was 2019 in the primary process. And they had about 10 Democrats on the stage, you know, including Joe Biden and Kamala Harris when they weren't on the same team <laughs> and uh, all the others. And they said, hey, is, is free health care a right for all the people coming? here and of course every democrat raised their hand and said heck yeah <laughs> so, so and and if you were watching and you weren't kind of part of that cult you were thinking oh my god these people are crazy i mean you can't just sit here and 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 offer free services to everybody around the world <laughs> you know and that's literally what they were doing just say you show up here and you got free health care and uh gavin newsom now is delivering on that dream uh you know <laughs> the democrat party and he's he's gonna make sure people have it here while in the meantime, we have a $68 billion budget deficit. So, uh, you know, this is just seems like crazy land. And, and to talk about some of the numbers that we're experiencing here, this is a thing called usfacts.org, but you can kind of trace this immigration over this period of time. Here was before Biden became president. And um, after Biden gets in and every, uh, you know, kind of the call goes out, the numbers start going up and boy, they just keep going up. And I think this is a little old. It only goes out to uh, uh, the middle of uh 2023, but it's actually spiking up really high now at this point. Uh, we're literally getting like 300,000 a month so uh, coming across the border. So, I mean, the numbers are are just astounding. And it's, uh, it's really causing a lot of damage to uh, a lot of places that have declared themselves as sanctuary cities and friendly to this stuff. <laughs> and uh, one of those is New York City. Um, there's been several of these sanctuary cities, and Eric Adams is is just he's trying everything he can do now to change the rules there, uh, because he says that New York is going under. And we actually have a video clip that we've uh, seen before from last year of him saying this. But let's bring it back because this shows how stark the problem is. Uh, so this would be clip one for KOL. Hundred and ten thousand migrants. We have to feed, clothe, house, educate the t children, wash their laundry sheets, give them everything they need, health care. And this team here, we stated, let's do everything possible before we have to push it out into neighborhoods and communities. Month after month, I stood up and I said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Well, we're here. We're here. We're getting no support on this national crisis and we're receiving no support and let me tell you something New Yorkers never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to I don't see an ending to this I don't see an ending to this this issue will destroy New York City destroy New York City we're getting 10,000 migrants a month. So that was back in, in mid-2023. And 
the numbers keep growing and they're literally kicking the kids out of their schools to find places to house these people and sending people but sending kids back home for that at home distance learning that worked so well during covid <laughs> set all the kids back yeah. uh, you know it's it's one thing after another that they're doing and and of course uh, Gavin Newsom has taken the clue that he's he's watching all this and he's saying, you know, this would be a great time to bring the migrants here <laughs> to California. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just yeah, insane. And we do have some other clips as well. But you guys, if you guys want to jump in, too, we'll talk about some of the other cities in a little bit. Uh, but do you guys want to jump in? I'd, I'd, I'd like to find out what's uh, can I is it OK if I quit my job? And if, especially if I'm really sick and I need a lot of health care and I move to France and I set up, you know, get, get an apartment in France. And then I just tell them, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not leaving. And by the way, I want free health care because France has free health care. Do they have any problem with that? Would France kick me out, try to kick me out? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. I, this is a question I actually do not know the answer to. You're asking for a friend, right? Yeah. I'm asking for a friend. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, I thought you guys might be able to help me out. I mean, France is a big socialist nation that that you know touts their free health, their free health care. Uh, that you know where the janitors don't get paid to take the garbage out in their health care system, of course, because it's free. Everybody works for free. Oh, wait. No, I'm just exaggerating. No, that's not true. Um, no, it's paid for by the, by the, the, the working people, if there are any left, of France, right? So I'm assuming that the working people of France would not have any issue with supporting an American like myself coming over there sickly and requiring lots and lots and lots of health care at my advanced age. So um, I'm, I'm sure that like like the Californians of today, they, they would love that. And as as a result of that, I would be more than happy to vote for those uh, French politicians that agree to pay for my health care. I, I would vote for them all the time because I want to continue to get the free health, the free, like I said, free health care. Well, not just healthcare. That apartment should be free too, right, Tim? I mean, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have to pull out for any of that. Because, correct, because I have a right to shelter, don't I? I'm I'm a human being. I mean, yeah. you know, I have every right for every little thing I need. I need I need food, clothing, and shelter. So I want yeah. free clothing, free food, the rest of my life, and free shelter and free healthcare. Yeah, that's all a human, basic human right. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, just to jump in, Tim, that is literally what is causing New York so many of the problems is because they have guaranteed shelter for these people. And so they're coming there and they're not just providing three squares a day. They are literally putting them up in empty luxury apartments and they're paying the freight on that. And so it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're spending oh, really? millions and millions of dollars putting oh. these people up. Well, why and, not? Yeah, well, they, it, they, they have unlimited funds, correct? I mean, they can continue to do this and, and the. I mean, uh, the, the hoteliers, they must be tickled pink that they've got these immigrants coming into their four five star hotels and, you know, dirtying up the sheets in there. I bet you they don't mind. Right. They, they have no issue with this. Correct. This could go on forever and ever and ever. Right. Am I wrong? Or is am I wrong? I mean, if money I'm is wrong, free. Money is free, Tim. Don't worry about free. it. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, what's the issue? Why why are why is anybody why is he predicting the death of New York? This is his bed that he made, so he should lie in it. Well, it's a complete disconnect, Tim. He he knows that New York is dying, but he doesn't quite know why. <laughs> he sees all the money going out and having to cut the services everywhere, but he doesn't quite understand why. I think, I think I heard him say something about. They're getting no support, like from the feds, right? I'm mm -hmm. assuming. I mean, who else is going to support him? Is another state? Is Illinois going to support him? Is New Jersey going to send New Jersey taxpayer money over there to support them in their endeavor to, to house everybody? Is the federal government going to take money from all the states of the United States, all their tax money? Of course, the federal government of the United States is so fiscally solvent. We all know that. And so are they going to take that money and give give it to um, heck that get created out of thin air from the Federal Reserve and give it to New York and so 
support them in their endeavor to continue to to you know uh, house and and clothe and and um, and feed these immigrants from other you know where well, and, and and Tim I mean you know like so you establish they're they're getting that but the crazy thing is. They're getting that, and they're literally at the, at the expense of people who are homeless in New York not getting it, right? I mean, so if you're a homeless citizen in New York, you're not getting that luxury apartment. But the person who is a migrant literally is because oh, oh, they've made these promises. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Oh, that's just oh, – wow. wow, that's – yeah, that's that's even more uh, – I'm, I'm going to have a hard time with this. I think I'll lose sleep tonight over this one. <laughs> Well, you know, the old bottom line is there's nothing, there's nothing worse or there's nothing more dangerous than a politician virtue signaling, okay? Because yeah. these sanctuary cities declarations that we have had over the years are nothing but politicians virtue signaling. And we have to live with this necessary evil. You know, that necessary evil, that necessary disease that we have, we call them politicians. We have to live with them. Because that's our that's our constitutional mandate, mandated form of government. And these politicians, so I'm going to agree with Eric Adams. These politicians, with their virtue signaling, will destroy not New York City, but will destroy our country. Because as long as you have politicians looking for votes, we can never ever have open borders. We cannot have that, because we'll have the exact situation that we're seeing right now, where people are going to walk across the borders, we're going to be handing them this and handing them that, and we're going to drive our country further into the ground. I mean, Tim likes to raise the issue about our debt. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Even more debt will have to be manufactured to take care of these quote-unquote migrants. They are not migrants, okay? What are they? Okay, so well, hold on, Tim. Before before you go any farther, let me uh, introduce the rest of this topic too, and then uh, I'll hand it back to you. But uh, so, James, maybe you could bring up the visual on this uh, real quick. So, um, it, one of the issues here is that these guys have felt comfortable, as as both Tim and Leon have said, virtue signaling at other people's expense, and the expense has been at all of those border states <laughs> that have had to deal with this. Because, like, you know, you heard Adam say, "Hey, look, I'm having to deal with ten thousand a month." Well, the border, the entire border is dealing with 300,000 a day, or I mean, excuse me, a month also. So, I mean, it's, it's that the numbers are much bigger down there, and they're just being exposed to that now in these sanctuary cities up north. And so some of these uh, uh, red state governors who are on the border, they've decided, okay, well, you guys like say, uh, these, uh, you want to be sanctuary cities, you want to claim how much you think this is your strength, great, we'll send them to you. <laughs> and this is exactly what uh, uh, um, Governor DeSantis did when he sent a plane load of literally just 50 migrants to uh, to Martha's Vineyard uh, <laughs> during the pandemic. And now this is an island with the richest, some of the richest people in the country, uh, mostly Democrats and, you know, people like Barack Obama have a big estate there. And so, you know, they, they're, they literally have these almost empty mansions sitting on this place and suddenly they get 50 migrants and it becomes a humanitarian crisis for them. And, and, and in a legendary fashion, they made these migrants disappear within 48 hours. Oh, <laughs> Oh, they made them somebody else's problem in that short oh. amount of time. Wait, wait a minute. How did, they, how, did they, how did they hide them? Did they put them in their empty mansions to, to hide these 50 people? Of course. No, no, no. They didn't want them in their mansion. They oh. wanted to push them on somebody else. Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked. Yeah. You're kidding me. Also, they, they, they send them off these and these nice, them. loving people. These, but, but, you know, honestly, there's one aspect of this that nobody speaks about, and um, that and I find quite disgusting, okay? There's a very racist element involved in this in this whole open border, people crossing the border, and people don't even realize it, they don't want to talk about it. Well, be, be, Liam, before you get into the racist aspect of it, I want to bring in those clips of the other mayors talking about because that may help you with your discussion on the racism here, because uh, that's exactly what some of these mayors are saying, who are the mayors of these these uh, blue cities. So, so uh, Texas Governor Abbott has been shipping these uh, migrants on buses like mad to these places, and so now the alarm bell is ringing in places like Chicago and Denver, all of these sanctuary 
sanctuary cities and they're saying, oh my God, this is terrible. You can't do that to us. (laughs) They belong down there with you guys (laughs) unless you send them at a a, a kind of a measured pace. So uh, maybe we could bring up the uh, uh, KOL clip two. This is uh, Governor, or excuse me, Mayor Johnson of Chicago talking uh, about the problem that they're facing in Chicago with this. Well, what we have is clearly, uh, clearly an international and federal crisis that local governments are being asked to subsidize. And this is unsustainable. Um, none of our local economies are um, positioned to be able to carry on such a mission. And what we have attempted to do um, is to create structure and some coordination around this, this humanitarian crisis. And unfortunately, uh, the governor of Abbott, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, um, is determined to continue to sow seeds of chaos. And last night and in several nights before, um, a number of buses continued to arrive in the city of Chicago and throughout the country without any coordination. And now he's taken on um, this very dangerous task of placing individuals on airplanes and flying them into our various cities. Um, this is certainly a matter of, of not just uh, of our national security, but it's the type of chaos that this governor is committed um, to, to, to administering. And, and by the way, he did another interview with Al Sharpton where he said they were targeting black mayors. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and we have one other clip, too, and it's of the mayor of Denver, too. So you'll see if this is just happening everywhere. Can we bring a KOL number three? I know that you um, have looked at New York and Chicago making decisions to restrict bus arrivals. Um, are you trying to take measures in your city to to restrict them from even arriving in the first place? No, all we want is a system that is uh, that is humanitarian for both the new folks that are arriving and for our cities and our city employees. And so uh, we understand there will be an inflow. We have already had 35,000 migrants arrive to Denver. We've successfully helped them integrate into uh, the country here. What we don't want is people arriving at two o'clock in the morning at a city and county building with women and children outside in 10 degree weather and no support. And so we want buses here to do what every other bus does, which is land at a bus station and a bus stop and hours when we can have staff there to receive them and to direct them towards services. And so we understand the flow is coming. We just want it to be coordinated uh, and in a humanitarian way, which we think makes it effective for the city and for those newcomers. That's funny that, that it has to be coordinated for them. But before we get to the rest of the conversation, if you're watching us on public access, uh, our time with you is up, but you can catch the rest of this conversation online. Come to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and you'll hear all about uh all the craziness that's going on across the country. Uh, so, but as far as the conversation goes, now let's let's uh, look at what these guys are saying. They're literally saying, "Hey, if you send them in an organized way during certain hours, the guys at the border aren't getting any of that. They're literally coming in whenever, wherever, as they come. They're cutting through fences. They're going through everything. So, anyways, it's just it's just crazy. I'll let me hand it back to you guys. And uh, what, what do you guys think of all this? I was nuts? trying to finish a little point here. A little point. <laughs> About, about these Democrats, these left-wing people, and the racist nature of all of this. Yeah, I know everybody wanted, Al Shapton and company want to jump up now, up and down, say, oh, Greg Abbott, who is white, by the way, is trying to target um, elected people of color, you know? You know, their, their favorite word these days. If you know, I hate that word, of color. Oh, God. Anyway, let me not lose my thread of thought here. But the point is, though, the only reason that Biden and company have the border so open. And um, Mayorkas, who is the um, Secretary of, of, Homeland, uh, of Homeland Security, the only reason they have the border so open is that they are looking for voters. That's what they are. Not, not immediate voters. Well, some of them, they might get a vote in the next election, but they're certainly looking out at the, at the long term, looking for voters. But look at what they're saying. They're saying, of course, These people are brown people. So of course they're gonna vote for the Democratic Party. How racist is that? And this is exactly what is happening right now. I would bet you, I would bet you everything I own. If we're a bunch of Cubans coming into this country, Biden would have shut the border the next day. I would bet you that, okay? If we're a bunch of white Europeans who might vote for the Republican Party. He would have shut the border the next day. 
But no, these people, he's almost certain, oh, they're going to be Democrats. How racist is that? Just by the skin color, just by the ethnicity, he could make that determination. Well, I, I think you're probably, yeah. Well, I'm just going to repeat myself if I keep going. So I, I, that's a good point. Um, you know, basi basically, they have free money from taxpayers or debt, depending on the case. And uh, so they have this free money, other people's money, by the way. And they can <laughs> utilize that to get these people to come into the country to be whether or not they're going to vote for them whether it's racist to believe they will or not if somebody somebody first of all the left is winning in this country so they must be doing something right they are beating us they are killing us they are doing every everything to take this country into tyranny and poverty and uh so if they're winning they must be their strategy must be a winning strategy and so you know you got to acknowledge that they're doing something right because they are definitely winning. Yeah, it's like saying that the, those cigarette companies—they're doing something right. They're getting everybody to smoke those cancer sticks, boy. Yeah. I tell you, they're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, Tim, if the left is winning as you uh, as you claim, you may be right. I hope not, but you may be right. But if the left is winning this cultural war that we see going on right now, if they are winning with all the policies that they are ramming down our throat, some of them quite racist in nature, some of them quite sexist in nature, this all this DEI crap, if they are winning, boy, we in a heap of trouble in this great land of ours. We really are. Yeah, well, it won't be the first time a great land of ours was totally devastated economically by by frivolous spending. It's happened time and time and time again in every major empire throughout the history of the of the planet Earth. It's happened every single time for the exact same reason. They simply suck the life out of out of a burgeoning economy. Once it gets burgeoning. Prior to that, you know, things are going pretty well and usually and uh you know, there's austerity and there's sacrifice and, and people work together and uh, overcome their differences and create a wonderful place. And then the wonderful place creates its own demise. It's the, it's the seed of its own demise. And it's just human nature, I guess. I don't know. There's something. There may be some truth to this human nature thing that we... We, we come from poverty, we become prosperous, and then we, uh, we sow the seeds of our own destruction. And I yeah. guess you can, you can make the, the same case about the Roman Empire, and there have been other empires who have gone through this. The Carthaginian this, and the, the everyone, every single yes, one. All they have gone through this sort of cycle. Yeah. I hope, I hope we can avoid it. I hope and pray well, that we someday we can cut the government in half, government at all levels, cut it in half, and bring freedom back to where it really belongs. I really hope and pray for that. We can, but we won't, in my humble opinion. And so my prediction is the whole thing is going to crumble economically and we'll all be going back to square one. Everything, everyone will lose, including those at the top. And, uh, you know, we're going to be devastated economically. I mean, this is just... Just, just what happens. Well, Seven you know, stages I, of empire. Yeah. Well, you know, on, on that note, it, it it kind of brings up, by the way, we're getting a little bit of feedback here, too. I'm not sure, Tim, might be coming from your mic. I'm not sure, but. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I sound fine now. <laughs> um, uh, so anyways, as far as the, uh, you know, there's an elephant in the room with all this stuff as we're dealing with all of this chaos at the border and bringing people in we have a massive homeless crisis here too at the same time 
And uh, Jane, maybe we could bring up the visual on this. Um, we've talked about this story before. This is from last year. But uh, CNN was reporting that California has literally spent over four years, seven, over $17 billion trying to deal with the homeless crisis. So at the same time that Joe Biden has the door open just for endless migration, we, we, we're not even figuring out how to take care of our own citizens, whether or not that should even be the job of government. Government isn't doing a very good job of it. I mean, CNN sitting here saying they just wasted it. I mean, seventeen billion dollars, and the problem's gotten worse, um, uh, according to them. And there's, uh, you know, another article here from from uh, Cal Matters. I mean, it's like all this money is being spent, and you just see more tents popping up everywhere, and it's it's just absolutely obscene. And and so this kind of segues into the other topic we wanted to talk about because uh, one of the solutions being put forth uh, by people on all this is universal basic income. So there we are. We're at that topic. We made it there, the promised land. Uh, and universal basic income essentially is a concept where uh, it, the idea is, is that everybody should get a certain amount of money from the government to live on. And then you can go you know, do whatever you need to do, make all your life choices after that. It's just supposed to be some some basic human right, kind of the way uh, they say you have a right to shelter, a right to health care, all the different things the left says you have a right to. Well, they're saying you also have a right to $750 a month, too, from somebody else. That's, that's, uh, that's part of this UBI promise. And so there was a recent study that came out. Oh, and by the way, you know, uh, there are some libertarians who, who think that UBI isn't the worst idea in the world necessarily if it's in lieu of everything else because you're giving at least the people who are the recipients all of the choices and how to deal with their problems. But, um, you know, so they, you're, you're eliminating the middleman sort of, uh, you know, of, of all these bureaucrats is, is, who have to manage everybody's life. But Is everybody clear on what you mean in lieu of the other stuff? What, what Jason is saying is that if you want to have a universal basic income work, you have to get rid of all the other stuff, all the welfare and all the food stamps and everything else, okay? Mm -hmm. it goes, just so you get a simple check in the mail, everybody gets it. If you want to make more money, get a job. If you don't, just sit around, smoke dope, and eat potato chips and watch TV all day. If you can do that on $750 a month, I don't know how much dope you can buy nor how many potato chips, but... I don't even know if you can afford a TV, but you can do it. You know, at least you can just hang out um, and and be yeah. lazy. Okay? Just just don't but, expect more government services. Correct. <laughs> yeah. correct. That's yeah. that's the whole take on that. Now, if somebody can could convince me that mathematically that could work out for the you know betterment of everybody, okay, I'll take my extra seven hundred fifty dollars a month and I'll continue working my regular job and I won't be taxed as much if you know, hopefully it works out financially that way and uh, and I'll, I'll be happy camper okay go go ahead and you guys can you know talk about your utopia where puppies tails wag faster and kitties purr louder but, but but Tim, this is this is beyond utopia because they've got a study. It's the science, and they're telling us that now this is a big success. They've had this recent study uh, where they said uh, that hey, more proof that UBI works. And of course, there's been you know a few of these flaky studies that have been done in a few different areas, and they claim oh this is this is a wonderful program. We should do more of it. And and what scares me about it is that okay i saw this article in business insider but i saw it in all these other places and they're all saying how wonderful the program is and how they're getting successful results so i said okay well let's look into it. exactly you know what were their their metrics and so it turns out that uh this is the it's apparently it's an interim report that everybody's talking about uh, right now and uh so you can go check this out uh it's I love uh, from the this name, miracle money I, that that's yeah, exactly <laughs> love it. magic money theory there <laughs> money, yeah but money grows on tree in the backyard Exactly. Yeah, that's your UBI tree in the backyard. Spend your money wisely and plant a few of those. <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, so I, I looked at the the uh, apparently this is this is where they give the methodology of what they did. And so all they did is they they gave recipients a uh, hundred recipients seven hundred and fifty dollars a month, and then they checked in with them and they just surveyed them every three months 
That's all they did to report that this was a success. And and what they considered a success was people saying that they had better luck finding access to shelters and their services when they got this money versus, you know, if they didn't get the money. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so, so you had better luck using more government services if if you got the $750. I, I, so, I mean, the, the metrics are astounding. It's almost like COVID metrics, right? I mean, where do these numbers come from? What do they mean? Uh, this this numbers are so flaky, it's, it's beyond belief. But, you know, like I said, you can go here, check out the methodology and, and, you know, hey, you just ask people who may be drug users or anything else, hey, what'd you do with that money I gave you last month? Oh, yeah, they, they said they spent it on good stuff, so it's all okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about all this, this uh, UBI stuff? I have no doubt it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you done, Tim? You know, it, it, it never ceased to amaze me. It never ceased to amaze me that whenever the left want to implement something, they come up with a new name for it, something that sounds more sweet and wonderful. So they don't want to call this thing welfare, right? We can't call it that because welfare has become somewhat of a, dirty, of a dirty word. So now they have to come with something that sounds a little better. Universal basic income. How nice. Where the hell is it going to come from? Hmm? It ain't going to come from taxpayers. Isn't going to, not going to be just be given to you to sit on your ass. It is still welfare. But this is what the left always try to do. They try to give it a new name. Now, in this particular study, it is so much crap that you can't believe it. And anybody who believe the results of this study, I have a bridge in Trinidad over some swamp land that I want to sell you, okay? The main problem, the very biggest problem in homelessness are the following. Drugs, alcohol, and mental disease. Nowhere in that study, any of this is discussed. And Jason, you raise a very good point about self-reporting. Who is gonna say, you know, I spend the money on alcohol. I spend it on drugs. Or spend it looking for a few prostitutes. Who's going to say that? But these people now, they took this, oh, how you spend the money? Oh, I spend it on these wonderful things. One guy even spent it looking for diabetic friendly food. <laughs> and we must not believe this. We must not believe this. This is garbage. And if you believe it, and you believe the results, please come talk to me. I have a bridge to sell you. It's in Trinidad, and it's over some very nice swamp land. Please. If, if I order now, do I get like a couple of free toll booths and a, a Ronco hair color pin or something? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, it, it just seems like this is, insanity on stilts, right? I mean, we've got this, you know, immigration problem. We got people with these squirrely ideas of just handing out everybody else's money to solve these problems. And of course, they're running out of other people's money in all of these sanctuary cities, which is why all these mayors are panicking now, because uh, yeah. they're worried they can't get reelected when there's no more of other people's money to promise <laughs> other people. <laughs> to buy votes. The money's running out yeah, well, no, I mean, they're literally having to cut services in those places now. So yes, yeah. I, I have to I have to confess that I have a, a guilty pleasure watching all this unfold. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, 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 we're in the target zone, though, too, in California. Yeah, yeah. No, good, no, good. yeah, it should it should collapse. It deserves to collapse. It will. It will. It's just just it just will. Um, but but the guilt is really low and the pleasure is really high. It's still a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just seems like this in, insane virtue signaling it has there has to be some. I, I guess it does feel good for somebody who who kind of believes in Austrian economics to see that yes, <laughs> yes, there are there are uh, you know. You know, uh, consequences to terrible actions, <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> terrible investments. But 
<laughs> but you know, I'll say it, I said it earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. When a politician begins to virtue signal, it's a very dangerous thing. Because he or she always virtue signals with our money. And this is exactly what they're doing right now. Whether we're talking about this universal basic income, or we're talking about this so-called migrant crisis where with these sanctuary cities, it's all it always comes back to our money. Politicians, virtue signaling is one of the most dangerous things that could happen in our in our constitutional republic. It's dangerous. Well, you know what's what's worse than a virtue signaling politician? And it's a self-righteous comedian who can't take a joke. <laughs> so we're, we're at we're at that stage of the show where we're going to get into our knucklehead it's noise control. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, there, there's been a feud recently, uh, and it, it's uh, it's good timing. It's it's the NFL playoffs, and um, you know, so uh, there, there's been a feud between Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers, the famed quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and and just to show my, my my allegiance on this particular topic right now, I am wearing my uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> jersey. So, but uh, as far as things go, though, um, the issue started when Aaron Rodgers was initially skeptical of the whole uh, of the whole vaccine issue so he had told uh the nfl essentially that uh that when they asked him if he was immunized because they wanted everybody to take the the, the shot and he told them yeah don't worry i'm immunized and so they they took that to mean that he took the shot well it turns out he didn't take the shot <laughs> he was skeptical of the shot and he he was just taking uh supplements and he said okay yeah i'm, I'm healthy i'm immunized <laughs> i took my you know <laughs> health supplements and so so that caused a lot of uproar uh, with a lot of, you know, a lot of these people, especially on late night TV, who are completely on the left. And so they were making all kinds of jokes about him and everything else. So eventually, um, Aaron Rodgers kind of pushed back against people like Jimmy Kimmel. And so in this particular video clip that we're going to show you, he was on an ESPN show and they were talking about the Epstein list and, you know, who's had association with Epstein. And it turned out that, uh, you know, that there's been a lot of famous names coming out. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of insinuated that Jimmy Kimmel might be on that list. And here's the video clip. It's KNP number one. Maybe we could play that. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> Feels like. <laughs> Feels like. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this thing. <laughs> a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list, and then Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm -hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm -hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's off. been waiting That's for the that. That's the one. <laughs> You've been waiting for hey, I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping. So anyway, so Jimmy Kimmel, or, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers was clearly just making a joke that, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel might be on that list. Well, here's a, an article from uh, the New York Post, and maybe we can bring this up, James. Um, so it, apparently, uh, Jimmy Kimmel didn't think that a joke at his expense was very funny. <laughs> and so he has gone sort of scorched earth on Aaron Rodgers as if he wasn't already making jokes at his expense. Uh, but he doesn't really like it when people make fun of him. And so here is the uh, uh, the little X clip that he put out, formerly known as Twitter. Um, and here is a closer uh, visual of that. And he says, dear well, since we're, we're not on uh, public access for this part, he says, dear assholes with two A's, because Aaron spells his name with two A's, right? <laughs> for the record, I've not met with, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. So he's 
literally threatening to sue somebody who's making a joke about him when that's what this guy does for a living. He makes jokes at other people's expense, Jimmy Kimmel, and he, he's never that concerned about the damage he's doing to other people. So just to give you a sense of the type of stuff Jimmy Kimmel says about other people, uh, James, can you clo uh, play K&P clip number two? This is a clip of him making fun of Trump. Uh, at the FBI, in the weeks leading up to the search and seizure at Mar-a-Lago, some FBI agents were reluctant to search the president's residence because they didn't like the optics and they were scared they might walk in on Trump pleasuring himself to the Sean Hannity show. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Mr. President, we're not with the military. So it's so not even very funny, and he's just making masturbation jokes about people he doesn't like. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just really lowbrow humor. But uh, to boot, he makes jokes about people that are concerned for their own safety. And there was a, a story recently uh, that came out last year where Majorie uh, Taylor Green said she was attacked in a restaurant. And she said that uh, some people came up to her and uh, she said the person was insane. And then somebody started screaming the F word at her over and over again. And they, the, the restaurant people had to ask those people to leave. And she had to have people get in, in between them. Okay. So uh, Major uh, Marjorie Taylor Green was concerned about her own safety in this case. And quite frankly, a lot of it comes from people like Jimmy Kimmel, who are constantly making jokes at her offense. Well, what did Jimmy Kimmel do when he heard that Marjorie, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green was concerned about her own safety? Uh, maybe play uh, KNP clip number three. Minor league team of nitwits ready to step in and take over, including Marja Lago, Marjorie Taylor Green, who is still whining about being heckled at a restaurant this week. The same woman who followed and shouted at a high school student who just survived a mass shooting is very upset. She told Sean Hannity that someone ruined her perfectly good blooming onion. Well, last night I was having dinner with two members of my staff, and we were working, preparing for committee hearings today. Um, and then we were approached, Some a woman came over to my table and started verbally attacking me, calling me all kinds of names. You dumb, stupid, ridiculous, hot on face! And then another member of her party started screaming, F you, Marjorie, as loud as she possibly could, over and over and over again, inside this restaurant. F you! F you, Marjorie! F you! Um, we want our own safe space, and we deserve it. Can't feel safe at the Waffle House. I don't know where you can. Now, now they're for safe spaces. Okay, because I feel like they were against that, right? So there's there's Jimmy Kimmel, literally, and, and you could see in his in his post on X where he threatened to take Aaron Rodgers to court. He said, your reckless words put my family in danger. Yet when he makes jokes about other people that, you know, he may be putting in danger from weirdos who watch his show, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, he, he just laughs it off and turns it into a big joke. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I me that just seems like a, a comedian who literally threatens to sue people for making jokes about them i can't imagine a bigger knucklehead what do you guys think about this okay well okay uh well he is uh kimmel assumes that anybody's going to you know the mainstream media at least and and any future justice department run by the democrats is, is going to do anything with this list or anything about the list or anything about the things that supposedly happened at, at Epstein's island retreat and uh, and that people, you know, anybody would actually get all in a tissy um, and attack his family over over what, you know, you know, somebody said, oh, my guy might be on the list. Um, that's uh, that's that's going to stretch there a real big stretch now. The other thing is, no one would have ever heard of it if he just would have laughed it off and said, "Oh, that's that's funny." They have a turnaround's fair play, ha ha. Yeah, they, you know, you know, good one. Talk to you later. Um, if he would have just laughed it off, then I would have never heard about it because I, I only heard about it through this show right here that I'm talking about. So I never because I don't watch television for one thing. But anyway, um, and so it. Uh, 
it, it would have gone nowhere. And uh, and now it's like it's it's always the same old thing, you know. Um, bad, there's what what is it? Something there's no such thing as bad press, and essentially giving bad press to this guy and boosting his readers his uh, viewership off off the whole thing. So he should have just left it alone if he was really concerned about his family. But um, you know, instead, you know, he has to do a, a mean tweet and so on and so forth. People, wow! This people really need to keep their learn to keep their mouths shut more often. Well, it never ceases to amaze me. This is the second time I'm being amazed on this show tonight. You know, it never ceases to amaze me whenever the left gets some of their own medicine. All of a sudden, you know what happens? They become poor victims. Here's Jimmy Kendall, who just like you said, Jason who makes fun of people for a living. Some of his jokes are funny, many are not. But Aaron Rodgers make a joke about him being on the, on, on the list from the Jeff, um, Jeffrey Epstein uh, trial and, and the lawsuit and all that. And all of a sudden, he's a poor victim. Poor Jimmy. We have to feel sorry for Jimmy. And Jimmy now have to sue Aaron Rodgers to get his good name back. And he's supposed to be a comedian who does this very same thing for a living. So I guess all of us now, anybody who Jimmy Campbell has made fun of, who have made any kind of dirty joke about like Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or Donald Trump, they should sue Jimmy. They really should. And I would support those lawsuits. Since Jimmy think it's okay to sue Aaron Rodgers from his joke. This is insanity from the left. Insanity on steroids from the left. And these people have lost their marbles. Well, okay, I, I would let me, certainly... Let me, let, let me oh, just add, add to that. This came from back in 2016, and I heard this on a podcast. But it was about what are the basic values, uh, basis, basic ways that these three different... Um, entities or, or groups think of things, conservative, libertarian, and progressive. So the libertarian sees everything as either coercion versus free choice. The conservative sees everything as civilization versus barbarism. And the progressive sees everything as oppressor versus oppressed. So that goes in, that's what you were saying, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yes. Well, except they never see themselves as the oppressor. Which Jimmy exactly. Kimmel is yeah. usually the one throwing yeah. the stones, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, it just seems like you know, uh, it, you know, nuts. You know, just just uh, craziness on steroids. And this is, you know, the the crazy thing is, this isn't the the most recent stuff. This is just a few days old. Um, the, Jimmy Kimmel was right back on his show the other night, uh, just running Aaron Rodgers into the ground again. <laughs> So, I mean, the guy is just a lunatic, and that's the same as most of these late night guys. I mean, I, you know, literally, we saw uh, Stephen Colbert during the whole, uh, gosh, pandemic, and he literally had dancing hypodermic needles to try and convince people to take the jab, you know. And it's one thing to to sit there and, you know, say, hey, look, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we'll just let the science speak or whatever, but you're literally trying to propagandize based upon your sponsorship by by a vaccine company <laughs> you know you, you think your people are that stupid that they're they're gonna you know they're gonna see a dancing hypodermic and say oh gee that must be good <laughs> i better go take that vaccine right now yes yeah. <laughs> i don't know well that's that uh, wasn't jimmy kimmel but i mean this is the same flavor almost all these guys now late night are of one political bent and you know it's it's kind of like watching cnn msnbc except that they're trying to be funny and just like cnn and msnbc fail at the news these guys seem to fail at their comedy so, oh yeah anyways i i you've uh, this is uh, yet another night you've spent with us on uh, knuckleheads of liberty um hopefully we're gonna have some uh, more guests soon if i can get on the ball <laughs> <laughs> Things have been pretty busy lately, but uh, we're, we're going to try and get some more guests lined up. And uh, you can come and check out more of our interviews 
online at Spotify, YouTube, uh, Rumble, and uh, see some of the other stuff we've done uh, there and some of the interesting people we've had conversations with. Uh, and until the next show, think about what you might be able to do because you see we're, we're kind of in a war over our liberty at this point, right? I mean, it's it's something where if you don't get up and you don't say something, you're going to see these people just, just kind of slip it away from you. So think about what you can do in your community to try to promote liberty and, you know, maybe run for office or some project that sort of, uh, you know, raises awareness. Until the next time, though, stay tuned and stay free. Oh, yes, indeed. Life liberty and the pursuit of happiness always and forever thank you for listening to the knuckleheads of liberty podcast find us on facebook rumble youtube your favorite podcast network and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com <laughs>